Hi, and happy Tuesday. Welcome to season five of Tailored Creative. I'm Taylor, your host, and each episode is created and curated with you in mind. This season, I'm releasing shows that were recorded several years ago, and while show quality may be different than normal and some info may be out of date, these conversations were too good not to release. Today, you'll hear my friend Becky share about her teaching experience at the time of recording and what led her to follow that dream. She shared some good wisdom in this episode, so you may want to take notes. I sure did as I re-listened. Remember, you can find me via the show page on Instagram or Facebook or connect with me via the email in the show notes. And remember, unlike the outro says, these shows release on Tuesdays, not Wednesdays. You'll now hear a brief intro from the original show, and then you'll get to hear from Becky. you've decided to join me today as I chat with my friend Becky Schlenker. I recorded this a couple years ago when I first decided to start a podcast, so it's not the most recent episode, but it's great content. An oldie but a goodie, as the saying goes. Becky and I talk about music, her dream of teaching, and how we value the people around us who encourage us to chase our dreams. It's a fun chat. I hope you enjoy hearing from me and Becky. This is Becky. I met you about a year ago, mm-hmm. right? That's um, right. We kind of both live in the same area mm-hmm. but and go to the same church, so we have a little group that we mm-hmm. um, are a part of. And I wanted to talk to Becky because she is very wise in my life, and so I wanted to um, get her perspective on some things. I'm so, so honored. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, so I've been starting everybody by kind of asking them um, about their childhood. Mm-hmm. So um, when you were a kid, what... We're just going to jump right in. Okay. What um, what were some of the fun dreams you had, serious dreams you had? Everybody, uh, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, see. You I didn't know this was coming, did you? <laughs> well, I don't know that I had something that I was really committed to that I wanted to be. Like, okay. you know how some kids are like, I'm going to be a firefighter oh, yeah. or something. I wanted to be a teacher. Oh, yeah? Uh-huh. I don't know that I had something in mind. I mean, I feel like at some point I wanted to be a singer um, or an actress or something, but it was never something that I followed through on or like I always growing up, I was in a very musical family and I did like choirs and I always sang, but it was never like, I never did private lessons or anything like Mm -hmm. to really go into that. Was Um, there an instrument or sports or anything? I, well, I played piano for 10 years and then I wow. played the flute for seven Wow! and okay. I sang in choirs like my whole life and like I did jazz band in high school and concert band and choir so I was always surrounded by music but I never never really felt like it was something I wanted to pursue professionally okay um, it was kind of a hobby for me interesting mm-hmm. so was there and were there people kind of telling you oh you could do this you could do that in terms of music or... Or anything. Just like, oh, you should be. Well, this. my grandma, she is someone who's very into art. Like, she's 
in her well into her 70s and she still goes to an art class every week wow Um, she's very good at painting and she she was like my craft buddy and she was always whenever I was at her house she was always trying to get me to do crafts with her and and that was something I really enjoyed and I know I have I have some talent in kind of art and crafty things but but again it's she and she really tried to get me to go into that or do more of that but for some reason it's, yeah. I didn't I didn't go into that either it wasn't your thing did you have like a group of friends who kind of were part of something that you ended up not doing or anything like that like you were all into you know golf and then you you stopped after a while I would actually say the opposite because most of my friends, especially like childhood growing up, like in high school and even some of middle school, a lot of us were in music. That was primarily my friend group because I guess we spent time together. Like that was our common Mm -hmm. co-curricular activity, which is actually very interesting because very, very few of my friends from that era really went on to do anything most of us kind of dropped it all together so I would say it's actually kind of the reverse of that yeah so you you haven't you haven't kept much up with music other than you still play piano I play for myself (laughs) I don't like to okay play for others it's just kind of a personal like release for me I guess that's interesting because I Mm -hmm. I feel the same way but you know then people want me to play places but I've heard you play and you're still very talented (laughs) I think you probably are too um do you still play flute no I I play probably once a year for like an hour because my high school has like an alumni Mm. kind of get together and we play a concert and I fake my way through a lot of say like riding a bike can you just like kind of pick it back up um some of the muscle memory is there I don't have like the stamina for like yeah you know, the embouchure, technically. Oh, um, the term for it. Yes, I, that has gone away because I haven't kept up with it. But I can I can pick it up and play. Like, and I remember fingerings and all that. Yeah. So I tried flute for about, what, a year? And yeah, it did not <laughs> go well. My finger, I was in fifth grade, and so my fingers were really small, and they couldn't stretch to get the notes. It was not mm-hmm. great. Um, yeah, I started in sixth grade, so maybe my fingers were a little bigger. <laughs> also, I have short, stubby fingers, so uh, I'm I that too. That, yeah. Um, but so, was there a certain something that led you to into teaching? I've actually been thinking about this, like what made me go into teaching, and what I've kind of come to the conclusion is that I wanted to go into education because I had a very positive elementary experience. I had really good teachers and the building that the elementary school building that I was in, they had a good core group of staff members that had been together for a very long time. So it was a well-oiled machine and that kind of made it a fun and easy place to be. Like there wasn't a lot of tension. And I think that's why I remember it so fondly and I was like, well, I want to be a part of that, you know, Mm -hmm. because it was a good time in my life. So I think that's kind of why I went towards education. Okay. And were there certain people who spoke into that negatively or positively? Were there people who were against you being a teacher? No, I don't remember anybody 
saying to not go into it. It's not necessarily an easy profession, nope. especially one to get into, um, mm-hmm. which I found. But I would say for the most part, I had a lot of support going into that field. Mm-hmm. I, you work with young kids. So was there a certain pull to them over teaching in general? Did you, what was the main goal in, in teaching for you? The main goal of teaching? Mm-hmm. Well, I kind of went into it with the idea that I wanted to make my students' experience kind of equal to what mine was. And since I had such a positive, fun experience, Mm -hmm. that's kind of what I wanted to bring to the next generation was kind of that feeling. Okay. And are there certain fears that you have every day or were there ones going into it originally that you had surrounding teaching, whether it may be, you know, safety concerns or anything like daily, am I going to be good enough for the kids? Anything like that? Oh, definitely. Like, I found a lot of doubts, you know, about, you know, if I'm meeting students' needs and if I'm really mm-hmm. putting my all into it. And I think you can't do 100%, 100% of the time. Like, no. it's just not possible. So I think there's always going to be that internal struggle of, am I doing enough or, you know, am I good enough? But I think that that's not exclusive to teaching either. I think that's with any person. (laughs) You're always going to have that. Am I doing, you know, enough or am I doing what this person is doing or as well as somebody else? I think that's pretty universal human feeling. Mm -hmm. So I think it kind of just comes with the territory. And did you, do you have certain ways of dealing with any insecurities or fears currently? Like, is there anything specific you do? I think, well, I try to get perspective from people that I trust in my life. Like my mom, somebody who I can, she'll give me real talk Mm -hmm. about my life and me as a, you know, as an educator, as a person, what she's observed, but she's also very encouraging And if, you know, I'm being my own worst critic, which is often the case, she can kind of put that in perspective and say, you know, you're really doing okay. Mm -hmm. You're still fairly young in this field. Like, you're not going to be, you know, the best teacher ever in year one. Like, that's just not, it's not no matter how hard you try, right? Yeah, it's not something you can expect of yourself. So I think having that support, and like my sisters too, my older sister, especially, she's in kind of a subfield of education, she's in music education. And so she can relate to that too. And she kind of talks me down too. like, she'll just be Mm -hmm. like, you got to like, adjust what you're looking at and say, you know, Hey, I'm doing the best I can. Yeah. And that's, you know, it is what it is at some point. And you just have to kind of accept that and say, well, even if today was not my best day, there's always tomorrow and, you know, next week and next month. So just kind of getting perspective, I would say. Are you close with your sister? Yeah. I'm, so I have an older sister and a younger sister, and Mm -hmm. I would say we're kind of close in different ways. And I I think it's, as I've talked about before, it's helpful to have a really good friend group around you, um, as well as family, to to kind of support whatever you do. And I think 
you know, for me having safe people to talk to mm-hmm. uh, of like, they're, they're going to tell me when something sounds crazy, but they're also going to be honest and try to help me if something sounds legitimate, you know, like starting this podcast, I had a few people that I went to and said, Hey, is this really nuts? Or is this <laughs> something that I could actually do? Right. And occasionally it's something that's completely nuts and there's no way, but it's, it's good to have those people around you. Um, and I'm glad that you do. Mm-hmm. Do you find that a lot of them are older or younger or kind of same age? Like who do you surround yourself with purposely? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. If Sorry. No, 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 I don't know if it's purposeful. Um, sometimes those people just fall into mm-hmm. my life um, without even like, they just kind of slide in. I think it kind of varies. Like, I think, if I'm going, it depends on the situation, if, what kind of advice I'm going for. I think I have friends that are my age, like my sisters, ones, they're both relatively my age. And then, you know, my parents and I have other older people in my life that kind of speak into me as well. So I don't think there's like a certain age. And I think it's good to get perspectives from a lot of different people because they have different experiences, especially people who have gone through, you know, the same point in their life or a similar experience, whether they're older or younger. I think there's a lot of value in what they have to say. Yeah. And so um, for in looking towards the future, do you have certain things that you absolutely want to accomplish? And I know in your region of schools right now, you have certain deadlines and things that you have to do to be a better teacher but are there certain personal aspirations that you want to want to hit someday I think reaching different levels of independence for me right now in my life is kind of a big thing like being able to really not be dependent on like my parents or um even other people just that's kind of a big not that it's bad to be dependent on people like I think we just talked about how important it is to have people that are in your life affecting you but I think for me personally just kind of reaching that independence is something that I am looking to do and eventually I would like to have a family of my own like be married and have kids but I don't know that's not something that I'm foreseeing within like, you know, the next year or something. It's that's not on the that's a immediate horizon. Right. <laughs> exactly. That's Maybe a long term. Right. I know some people, I mean, within a year, they're like, it's go from not married to married and, you know, looking at having kids. I'm like, mm, that's not me. Like I take mm-hmm. things more slowly. Yeah. Um, I, I feel the yeah. same way. Like, you know, I don't need to rush things where I am right now nope. to get one step at a time. So, and I'm okay with that. That's good. I've that's good. Yeah. And you feel a freedom to kind of do what you want to do. You don't feel held back in any way. No, I think I feel very confident in the direction I'm heading, I think. And how do you see, how have you seen God lead you in certain ways throughout your life, career, and so forth? Definitely through people. Um, it seems like wherever I've gone, especially in my career, God's put really good people in my path. And I'm someone who's more, I would say, timid in a way, like I'm not super assertive. So it's very helpful for me to have someone who's 
advocating for me. And so definitely in my career journey, I've had a lot of people who were very encouraging and who really, you know, stuck up for me and, and did things that, I mean, really made a big difference. And I think that, I mean, I know that God has a hand in that and he was really taking care of me in that way. So I think that was a big way that God was showing himself to me through that. Yeah. And how do you think, so you, you hear him through people, through, through their um, kind of wisdom in your life. And mm-hmm. how do you, have there been certain moments where you thought, well, that, that was definitely orchestrated by God, you know, a defining moment in your life or do you have any spe- specific examples? Um, I'm trying to think of like a big moment. I think there's been a lot of little things where I'm like, wow, I'm glad I didn't go down that path. Or I'm glad that I ended up at this school because this Mm -hmm. teacher really made a big difference. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of something big that happened. I'm having a... Well, along those lines, I think, you know, again, I just talked about this on the other ones, but how on Sunday pastor was talking about, um, how God moves his kingdom in little ways. Mm -hmm. It comes smaller than we expect. Um, and I think it's so interesting when we look at those little moments and say, well, if I had never met that person or had I never gone to that place, I never would be where I am today. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think those are little defining moments that never, we don't realize until we look back. Yeah. I think that's so cool. And that he does that. And, and he's outside of time. And so he can orchestrate things the way he wants them to mm-hmm. um, kind of like a, a chess master, you know, mm-hmm. I just think it's so cool. Yeah, definitely. And I, a lot of people have shared, like looking back in hindsight, like, wow, God has his hand in all of that. Mm-hmm. And like, we think, well, obviously, but, <laughs> well, obviously, yeah. but when you're in the middle of it, like it's, you know, uh-huh. sometimes you're so preoccupied by the situation itself that you're, you're not even through the trees. Right. Exactly. So yeah, I think hindsight can be very powerful in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, looking back, I can see where he's led me specifically where I had no idea in the moment. I was just trying to follow I was like, well, can you lead me this place? And he goes, well, I was, you just didn't know it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I was leading you through people or I was leading you through this. I love the story. There's an old joke about how this, this guy gets stuck up on a roof in a flood and the water keeps rising, rising, rising. And he keeps praying like, God, send help, send, save me, rescue me. And God sends a boat. God sends, you know, a kayak. God sends someone on a jet ski, you know? And finally the guy's like, no, I'm, God's going to save me. Like, I don't need you. Then he finally, the waters overtake him. He ends up in heaven and he goes, God, why didn't you save me? I had faith. God's like, well, I tried. I sent you a boat. I sent you this. I sent you that. And I think it's important that we realize God does use people. He does use situations to, to turn our hearts toward him. Yeah. Um, so completely switching gears, you know, I love talking about, um, the kids in your class. Oh gosh. Um, So I would love for you to tell a little example of how they've influenced your life. Um, serious and funny. I know that they have all kinds of funny moments, but it teaches you patience to Uh be around kids and more so than I ever and give us the age group you've taught. So I've taught fourth grade for a short mm-hmm. time. And then I've taught, I taught first grade most recently for mm-hmm. like a half a year. And boy, is first grade different. <laughs> um, it's a lot of patience. And 
you know, it's, it is very cool because you see the effect that you have on the kids right away. And I think it's a big responsibility, mm-hmm. but it's, it is rewarding in that way too. Like just as much yeah. as it's a responsibility, it's rewarding as well. So in ways that you may never see. You right. know, I mean, they're in first grade. Who who knows what kind of imba- I I still remember things my first grade teacher did that she would have no idea that I remember. Mm-hmm. You know, so you may never know what kind of impact you're having. Yeah, that's true too. So it is, it's unique in that sense, I would say. And yeah, there's a lot the of impact they have on you is fun, <laughs> but also <laughs> yeah, yes, it can be very entertaining. Yeah. I would say yeah. for sure, and it can be very draining. Um, uh-huh. Yes, entertaining (laughs) and draining. Yeah, so I would I would definitely say it's equal parts, which is what makes it exciting. Mm -hmm. Is there any certain kid that you've had that was just a goofball or certain memorable ones throughout your couple years? Yeah, I mean, there are always kids that you remember for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes I just remembered something that a kid told me um, that was like, just really stuck with me. Um, and sometimes like there was a student in my first grade class who starting out was, he was just really tough to figure out just behaviorally. We had Mm -hmm. some issues and everything, but, and it, it got worse before it got better, which I kind of felt like I didn't know what to do. And, you know, Mm -hmm. it was a really tough spot and I would just come home and I was like, I, you, I don't know what to do with this kid and I don't know how to stop what's happening. You have a whole class to deal with. Right. Right. But then, and it's amazing how it happens because by the end of the year, and I bear in mind, I was only there for about six months. By the end of the year, he was a completely different kid. We were, we would joke around. He was behaving like I, and I, I can't point to a moment and say, this is where he miraculously changed. Like it was, it was a gradual decline in behavior and it was just as much a gradual incline. You have no idea what caused it. I, you know, I don't. And I was thankful that that happened because (laughs) it made my life a lot easier. Right. But it was also kind of a testament to, I feel like God had to have a part in that because Mm -hmm. I, I don't feel like I did something completely miraculous to change what the situation but but it really was like night and day and by the end of the year he was one of those kids that I was like oh I'm gonna miss having him around and it is true like you remember those kids that you had to say their name all the time because you know they're turning around or talking and those are the names you remember and he's definitely one I'm gonna remember but kind of for a different reason because there was such a big change And that was just, it was really cool to see. And that was one situation that I, I noticed it and I really tried to focus on that and say Mm -hmm. like, you know, for as much of the day that is stressful or, you know, the, the whole teaching experience is very tough. But in those moments, I can think of this kid and say like, but look at what can happen. Mm -hmm. The transformation. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just being mindful of that and kind of focusing like on that instead of the things that bring you down. Mm -hmm. 
which at one point he was one of those things that brought me down. <laughs> right. So, you right. know, you, but you never know. Um, and that was really, I'm, I'm very glad that I got to see that. Yeah. Do you have really good parents of kids? No. It's really hard to make a blanket statement on that. Sure. Um, sure. Because everyone is different. And even... I've heard great stories and I've heard horror stories. So that's why I was... I was hoping that you had a good, a good base. Yeah, I think I did. And, you know, there's always going to be some that you don't gel with, but that's, that's human nature and that's just personalities too. Have you kept in contact with, with any of the parents or kids that you've taught? No. And I don't think, I think in the public school setting, I think that's pretty common not to, like, I, I don't, keep or I didn't keep in contact with any of my elementary school teachers and my parents didn't really? either okay. yeah like I still do but I went to a private school and it was a little bit different setting mm-hmm. so yeah I mean different. like I would visit teachers when I was in older grades I would go back and see my first grade teacher and stuff but like I would never see them outside of school like okay. we just I mean some of them didn't live in the area like I don't live in the area okay. where I teach and I don't know. I think it's, there's just more distance, I would say, outside of school, maybe in a public school than private, but I've never been involved in a private school. So I don't know what that's like, but, um, for me, yeah. And that's okay. Like, I feel like I had my time with the kids and Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it Yeah, and they're moving on and that's okay. Cause you know, you get a fresh batch of kids and if you hang on to everyone, you're just never going to move forward. No, no. (laughs) So it's good memories. And you know, I'll remember some of those kids for a long time, but I don't, you don't hang on to that. Yeah. Yeah. There's just so much going on. It takes such a, a such a certain kind of person to do public school, you know, um, and especially the age you teach. I mean, it is, that's a tough one. And for kids who aren't, a lot of them aren't based in the biblical background, Mm -hmm. um, to how do you live out your faith? I know this is totally not what you expected to be asked, but how do you, how do you live out your faith, um, in a public setting with not a lot of freedom to share your faith? It's definitely different being on the teaching side because I went through public school as a student for my whole life up until college. And it wasn't necessarily difficult for me to live out my faith in that way. Just for whatever reason, I was pretty blessed that I didn't get bullied or anything Mm -hmm. for that. It was just kind of my reputation. Like people just kind of knew I was the way I was because I was a Christian and I wasn't into certain things, but it wasn't like I would get teased or mocked because of that, at least not in a way that was really hurtful. Like I had friends that would tease about it, but Mm -hmm. I knew they were my friends. Yeah. But on the teaching side, it is really different because you can't talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I could tell my students, oh, you know, over the weekend I went to church Mm -hmm. or over the weekend, you know, I had an Easter celebration or we celebrated Easter. And the kids will say that, too. And the kids actually would talk about some of that stuff, um, which was cool because I felt that if they initiated that, like they said, did you know that Easter is when Jesus died and rose again? And I would say, yes, Mm -hmm. I do Mm -hmm. know that. Isn't that awesome? And I could really feed into that. But I, I couldn't, you know, say something as truth. You can't bring it up. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I can't say class, you know, Easter is this, and this right. is, you know, true. And what really happened, that's not something that I would be allowed to say. Um, or at least it wouldn't be, it would be frowned upon yeah. for sure. But there were ways that, you know, if the students brought it up, then I felt like I was kind of free to say within reason things connected to that. Do you think that God has fully equipped you to do what you're called to do? Do you still fear, feel, um, do you feel inequipped some days over? I mean, everybody feels inequipped, ill-equipped at times. Um, but do you feel like God has truly given you what you need to do to do your job well? I think that's a hard question to answer. Sometimes yes, in some ways yes, in some ways no. I think in some ways I have a lot of room to grow. Um, well, we all do. But, well, yeah. But in that but way. specifically sure. as a teacher. Um, and I think there are things in the way God has made me that make me a better teacher. And I think there are aspects about me and my personality that don't help me as a teacher. So it is kind of a balancing act and it is kind of a mind game in a way because I know about, you know, all of that. I know what makes me a good teacher and I know what hinders me. So I don't, it's kind of, it's kind of tough. I would say to answer that. Do I think that God has gotten me through teaching things? Absolutely. And has he helped me grow and he, has he stretched me? Absolutely. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know that anything like, I don't know that there's any job or position that someone is like 100% perfect for. And they have all the things that you need and they're all developed. And like you come in and I think that's a good piece of wisdom. I I think because I know I feel like I, I should be totally qualified for what I'm doing. And even doing this, where recording a podcast, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I've been worried about today because I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I'm like, what if I mess up? What if this? What if that? And I think part of it's just jumping into it going, this may not work. But I think God's given me the ability to do it. He's given me a certain type of talent, you know, mm-hmm. um, in whatever it may be, um, to do what he's called us to do. And I think that's so important that we just jump in. Yeah. You know. Well, you're stepping out in faith, which right. is not easy. A little mustard that's why seed. It's like, yikes. That's why it's faith. That's right. It's not stepping out in confidence that you're going to be great. <laughs> that's the truth. You know, that's not really stretching you at all. I think sometimes it does mean taking a risk. I think oftentimes it means taking a risk and not knowing where you're going to fall mm-hmm. and just kind of saying, well, this is where I'm headed. Yeah. And, and if it fails, being okay to say, okay, that didn't work. Let's move on and try something different. Yeah, you know, not le- getting back on the horse, you know. Yeah, and having the wisdom to say, you know, is it something that I still want to pursue, or is it right. something that I need to say, I'm going to close the door and move on. Yeah, it may not be the same horse. Right, a different. One. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, getting back on a horse. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I think that's that's really important for anybody who's trying to chase dreams or trying to follow a goal in their life to hear is, you know if it's something that you have a talent for, and if it's something you feel a nudge in your heart for, then you should go for it and see where it leads. Yeah. Um, I mean, what do you have to lose? 
Right. Even if you're right. bad at it, you know. Right. Okay. Then you know. Then you move then on. Then you know, but you, you don't have the regret later of saying, well, I never tried. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think that's that's important. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for doing this. Sure thing. I, I love doing this. I'm excited to hear all of them. We're recording a bunch today, so I'm I'm excited. Yes, so, I'm looking forward to listening to them yeah. as well. And so. I'm, I'm thankful that my friends um, get to hear your voice because I think a lot of the voices in my life I want people to hear. So that means a lot to me. Yeah. So thank you. Well, thank you. <laughs> I hope you have a great day. Thank you. You too. Friends, didn't you love Becky? I sure did. The beautiful music I'm using is by the talented Lance Allen. I love his instrumental work and he's graciously letting me use his piece called East Nashville. His music is a gift to me and I think you'll love what he produces. Please let us know what you think about the show at Tailored Creative on Instagram, my creative hub where I post my own photography, designs, and creative endeavors. That's spelled T-A-Y-L-O-R-E-D, creative. Be sure to let me know how you're chasing your dreams too. I'll see you back here in two weeks for another great conversation. Happy Wednesday. Thank you.